Yourself is a dedicated podcast meeting brilliant minds and looking at the world around them. How do they 360 themselves and 360 the world? Jamie Neal, the host, that's me, asked many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Hello, Zoe, how are you doing? Good, thank you. I, well, so basically, we, as always, I always start these sort of things, and I'm, I'm always chatting beforehand, and we do like a fifteen-minute <laughs> chat, and I always go, "It's not switched on." It's not switched on, <laughs> and I know it's not switched on, but I want to let you talk. But then I'm like, "Oh, we should really be getting this on, on, on thing." And so basically, I'm gonna, we're gonna be chatting again, and we're gonna be bringing up some of the points mm. that you made because there were really, really great points, mm. and and it's always talking about um, how do you start these kind of podcasts? It's mm. like. Where, where does it start? And I think I want to go back to kind of your experience and where you come from because you've had an amazing experience with, mm. with to- totally uh, incredible brands and now working in kind of mar- marketing communications mm-hmm. with also with tech companies. But maybe from your own mouth, like how did you start and where did you, where, yeah? Um, so I am um, one of those rare people that didn't go to university and I'm 41, so for my age group that is was quite unheard of at the time mm. but I was always really focused on I wanted to do and achieve and start doing stuff mm. quite quite young and also I wanted to be a TV presenter which you don't really need a degree to do yeah yeah um, so when I was 18 I uh, went for two jobs before my GC uh, A levels mm-hmm. results were in one was at ITV and one was at uh, Ogilvy and Mather so I was either going to be a TV presenter or a media buyer. Okay, right. <laughs> um, and I got both of them. So, oh, I was, okay. <laughs> so I chose to go and try and do the TV presenting route. And when I got there, I realised that I didn't really want to court the whole fame thing. It didn't make me feel very comfortable. But I managed to sort of craft a career there that started in the commercial side where I got trained on basically everything. It's an amazing training programme. Mm-hmm. Sort of all the maths that goes into involved in... Um, you know, budgets and all of that kind of thing, yeah, se- yeah. selling, uh, dealing with all different sorts of people. And then I moved across into sponsorship. And that's when I started getting involved more in the production side mm-hmm. and working with exec producers to pitch shows to Network Centre and making really cool TV programmes like Pop Stars. I don't know if you remember that yep. back in the day. Yeah, because of Pop Stars, yeah. So I, I sold that. Uh, for sponsorship and the only reason that program was made was because Nigel Lithgow who was the producer said to me unless you get this funded sponsored it ain't getting made so who who sponsored it it was a company called T&T Beverages okay so what I had to think of like a whole marketing plan for that really which I'd never really thought of it as being like that now but it was so I had to I had to think a way of drumming up interest in that program to get pe- to create a sort of buzz and hype, yeah, yeah. so that basically someone gave us a load of cash, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to to basically fund it. Um, so we made a short film. Nigel, I said to Nigel, we need you. I need you to make a short film because the concept was came over from New Zealand, and so they had some sort of snippets of what to expect from the New mm-hmm. Zealand show, and then in, he did some pieces to camera and he spoke to the judges that were going to be on it, and we made the short film that we showed at the um, ITV sort of they used to do like a presentation pre-season of all the shows coming up mm-hmm. so we made that and then we sent also sent that out to key advertisers like I think mm-hmm. it was probably on a USB stick at that point <laughs> I don't wow. think we emailed it you know this was a long time ago um, to try and sort of drum up business and we did a few other things which I can't remember now but I did manage to drum up support oh I did like a road show to all the agencies too oh. um, and it had so much um, interest interest that it was um, I went to sealed bids so I had I think it was L'Oreal Gillette Pepsi and TNT that all went into sealed bids and I think I was trying to charge something like 200 grand for it that's what the rate card price yeah, would have yeah. been I sold it for three and a half million quid. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
all in with the licensing deal. So I did a licensing deal yeah, on yeah, Pack yeah. Motions competitions to meet hearsay and yeah, yeah. obviously the winners. Um, so yeah, I started that. I, I did that for quite a long time. So, so if, you, if you hear this now, Pop Idol, if you, if <laughs> pop, you got, stars. pop stars, pop stars, pop, pop stars, Pop Idol. It was paved oh, the way for all yeah, because pop pop stars. Yes, yeah. if if you're listening now, Zoe actually made <laughs> pop stars happen. <laughs> So yeah, it's me. true. It's and true. Nigel yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, without you and your like marketing kind of like strategy, you wouldn't got the money and it wouldn't be made. So no. and and it really did pave the way for Pop Idol, Pop um, X Factor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Britain's Got Talent probably eventually. All you those know those formats. Things. Yeah, yeah. It was the first of those sorts of formats. Um, so yeah, I was really lucky and I was very fortunate. I've been very fortunate throughout my career to always sort of be. Well, I suppose it is at the vanguard of of every sort of new trend that's about to occur so mm -hmm. that was the, the that type of format for that show mm. um i did a licensing deal which was the first licensing deal that had ever been done i worked on the first um ad funded program that we did regionally was with bupa and it's called body check that ran in like yorkshire time teas i think wow. it was um we did product placement um my boss did the deal with cadbury's and coronation street which was the b first massive um, broadcast sponsorship deal, you know. So I've always been at in, the in those places, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then went later on in my career when I was at, um, uh, so where I suppose um, Condé Nast, I was, which was much later on. But at Condé Nast, I ran ran the digital studio there. So we would we I ran it like a mini agency, mm -hmm. um, and we were the first people to start, sort of do native advertising. I wrote the native advertising strategy for Condé Nast Digital. Wow. Um, you know, then we did the first partnerships with Soho House, with all yeah, sorts of yeah. things. But now there's, now there's Vogue partnerships as well now, which is the... Yeah. Is, which, which, did that come from the digital yeah. studio department? Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, Blue, 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 yeah, Blue, Blue Gaiden, who's yeah. the creative director, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so she... Um, yeah, I know Blue. Um, so I worked there back in the day when um, all of Condé Nast was sold. So Condé Nast Digital was like an umbrella over the brands, which in those days brands were just magazines, just print. Mm -hmm. Don't talk to us about anything else. Yeah, yeah. And so all of the digital sat over the top. So mm -hmm. there was three of us that kind of ran the digital team, and mine was sort of creative and commercial. Mm -hmm. But so we would do like they started off as microsites, and we would make ads and. Then we sort of did white label stuff, and then we did international partnerships, and then we had the video team, and then we did events, and it just got bigger Being and bigger. bigger yeah. And then there was this sort of devolution of all of the um, websites back into the brands. Mm -hmm. But then we still had a sort of caretaking role to make sure that the guys in the brands who'd always been used to selling print, mm -hmm. just print, were sort of digitally savvy and were up with the latest trends and, yeah, and technologies. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was kind of at the at the front of that as well which was pretty cool yeah and then so from from Condé Nast how did you how did you develop into to your next position um well I actually from Condé um I did a partnerships role which which was probably a bit early for um in the scheme of them you know their, their business so mm -hmm. when all of the when all of the websites went back into the brands obviously my I was a very senior person but each of the mag magazines had one of their own of me yeah yeah so I was like okay let's do I'll do partnerships which will cover you know promotions digital and print mm -hmm. events mm -hmm. video everything but I'll be like a revenue grower um, and it, I had some success with that but also it, the, the comp the, it was too much too complicated for the company at the time mm -hmm. so I just I wanted a new challenge, so Hearst approached me, mm -hmm. <laughs> obviously a direct competitor, <laughs> um, and they they have a very different setup in that uh, whole organisation, and they they I think at the time it's fair to say they lacked digital expertise or staff that had that digital mm -hmm. expertise. It's mm -hmm. been quite an organic growth, um, so they wanted um, me to kind of future proof Harper's Bazaar L. I was our town and country, Elle and Esquire, were their sort of flagship luxury brands. So obviously their luxury brands were, were doing pretty well, but they wanted to create a new space for them and, and future-proof their revenues because mm -hmm. still in digital it was quite untapped. Um, so I went there for a year or so, a year and a half I think it was. Great, had some great times, mm -hmm. created new ad formats for social media, did a few big deals with Chanel. Um, in the end, I, I managed the whole Chanel account for the whole of Hearst wow. and Burberry and Coach and a few and then some more sort of some other ones as well. So that was that was an interesting learning curve. And then my friend who um, 
uh, Ram, who had this tech company, he was involved quite heavily with BlackBerry back in the day. And is BlackBerry still going on? Yes, and it's really yeah. having some successes now oh, okay. as well. Yes. Yeah, they sort of disappeared for a bit, and yeah. then they kind of came came back again. But his experience, well, he's a salesman really, um, and he was responsible for doing the first big deal with BlackBerry mm-hmm. to, in Wall Street. So he made he did oh, wow. an exclusive deal that every single person in Wall Street would, had, have, a would have a BlackBerry. That and that just crazy. shot them through. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the roof and then he took that he launched it in the Middle East as well which was like an impossible market to launch yeah, yeah. a secure communications platform at, um, uh, device because mm. obviously you know they control the government they control everything they like to be able to access everything that people do yeah, yeah. for security reasons um, anyway he launched it over there and then he approached me and um, he said, uh, you know, I'm creating this company. We've got a B2B offering at the moment, which is this, has used his sort of security and that sort of secure platform uh, experience to create this app that was... Do you remember Instant Messenger back in the day when you would... Instant Messenger? messenger. Yeah. MSN? Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so within sure. your company, you yeah. would be able to... Pro- secure. Well, you know, that his B2B offering was a sort of turbocharged, ultra-secure version of that. So end-to-end highest level encryption so we were selling it to governments to doctors um, to ent- well, medical professions legal professions mm-hmm. where if you're sending highly sensitive data it's not stored anywhere it's untrackable mm-hmm. it's like super secure because MSN you know it wasn't it was too it was too old basically. yeah yeah and then he wanted to create this whole um, uh, consumer facing version of that so he I'd known him for 10 years and he was like listen you've you've got so much lifestyle branding experience you've got mm. commercial experience you know how to make something out of nothing mm. by you know licensing by talking to this brand by working with this contributor mm-hmm. you could make this into something really big mm-hmm. like this is our these are our objectives we're going head to head with whatsapp i was like okay small <laughs> <laughs> But but with all of these other sort of facets to it, yeah, you know, yeah. there was a rewards program, there was revenue stream, there was um, you know content sharing. It was it was a really cool thing. It looked terrible. It looked like Vodafone and Tinder had had a terrible child, <laughs> and it was like it looked ugly. But I could see the potential in it. Yeah, yeah. So I went to 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 be their I guess CMO for for a global tech company, which was like so such a different Your thing. kettle fish, yeah. Um, yeah, so I started with the rebranding, made a, scrapped everything basically, apart from the name, which I still would have liked to have changed. But what was the um, name? Flame, F L A I M. Flame. It hasn't launched here. It's only launched in emerging markets, and they've changed their business model since. But Flame. Yeah, so they actually, the, the name Flame came from. <laughs> so. They, they thought of some of the attributes before they thought of what the thing was and the offer. Yeah. And they were like, isn't it really cool that you can burn your messages? Like, burn. burn. So if, if you sent me a message yeah. that by mistake or it was rude or whatever, yeah. you can burn it. And it, like on WhatsApp, it says your message Get, has been deleted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never see that. And it goes from my handset, from your handset, and you can never find it. That's ever amazing. Again. It's really cool. That's cool. So there was that. Someone said, "Oh, it's like burnt. It's like you've just burnt that message." So then they were like, "Oh, burn flame." And then they, and then they were like, "So flame F L A I M was the play on instant messenger as well." Uh, so okay. flame, yeah, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Fine, okay." So anyway, we I created a whole new identity for that. Wrote the go-to-market strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, we they we launched it in Jordan in um, Middle East. Um, and we did a test, an, an influencer program test for Mexico, mm-hmm. which wasn't particularly well received, so we didn't launch in that market. And then we did one in Nigeria, which went absolutely berserk. Really? Got 140,000 downloads in a week or something. Wow. Um, and um, so now, as a result, since I've left, they've decided to focus on Africa, North Africa, as well as a market, because it's doing stuff for them. I mean, yeah. I mean, that would be a random place I would never think of. I know. Um, but because it had such a strong rewards program in it, so I think in Nigeria, the, the rewards mechanic was basically, we want people to use the app. Mm-hmm. And by using the app, you are consenting to us using your data. Yes. 
but you get something back for it. So whereas the WhatsApps and Facebooks and whatever are um, monetizing the data that they have about you, mm-hmm. we would be, but we give you a revenue share of it as well. Ah, okay, so, cool. So um, you'd either get um, data. So in each market, it was different. What you know, what meant something in a, fi- yeah, yeah. In a sort of remuneration way. So in some markets, it would be they want an iPhone or they want you know prizes. In other yeah, markets, yeah, yeah. it would be cash. In oh, other wow, markets, clever. it would be um, data. Yeah, yeah. And particularly in data, uh, sorry, in Nigeria, where data is very expensive and very hard to come by. Um, you know, for the, the people use the almost an equivalent of like dial-up. It's so slow, and they have no. They have like five hundred meg of data. Oh wow! Like okay. they have nothing. So we were like, here's two gig of data if you share this with 10 friends and then they use it. And they're like, what? Of course, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, why they sure. had so many Makes um, sense. downloads. So I get they're now working on a way of giving that a bit of longevity so that mm. they're not just constantly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, data is a good thing because they, it doesn't cost, necess- it doesn't, we would buy it from a network provider, but it doesn't really cost the network provider that. So they're making money, we make money, and then the user For sure, money. yeah, yeah. And you were saying earlier before, uh, before we start the podcast about like your um, work life versus your social life and how it kind of took over when you were... Yeah, so I guess the, the reason... The, mi- the, mi- the mindfulness of it or the mindset of it. Yeah, I mean, mindfulness, um, the whole sort of, I guess, spirituality piece without sounding <laughs> trite <laughs> has really become a big part of my life. Mm, Just. Mm slowing the fuck down <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yeah because you were saying you were such a like a, 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 a what's it called um, high achiever high achiever yeah. and uh, i am as well i mean yeah. and i think that's just in your system in your and i think personality. It's, and i also think that london we move in very similar circles that's how we met and yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh just to be fair we actually met at soho farmhouse <laughs> in the reception so that's how we actually met <laughs> yeah checking in <laughs> um yeah, and you know, this lifestyle is, you know, you, it's all day, every day. You're doing meetings, you're doing this, you're doing yeah, that, and yeah. then you go out, and then you stay out until two in the morning, and then you're up at six, yeah. and then you do. And every job I've had has been like that, but no more so than the last one where I was working from home. Um, there's that guilt feeling of, you know, getting up at six, and while well, I'm here, I'm working from home, so I'm able to start working, and it, is it ever enough? Mm-hmm. But all the, you know, I ended up doing twice as much in my day working from home as I did when I was in an office because I just felt guilty all the time mm-hmm. that I wasn't wasn't doing enough so as a result my my relationship suffered my mental health definitely suffered mm-hmm. 100% I was very flat very down and there's a sort of defeatist sort of way of looking at things and that lethargy that you get of it's almost a bit hopeless sometimes it sounds really dramatic but it, I can see how people spiral into a depressive yeah. state yeah, because sure. I don't think I was a million miles away from that mm. um, I was certainly not a million miles away from burnout but was it was it the pressures of, of obviously the new title and, mm. and a new world that you wanted to conquer and that sort of thing yeah and all of those things and your scheduling as well like well, as soon as you have your own time mm. at home and that you're freelancing or yeah. working for a company that you have your own time it's very difficult to find when you should stop and when you should, yeah. you should start I going. I have zero boundaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which when you start to be more mindful and start to look at things from a some more spiritual perspective as well, mm. that you realise how that translates to the rest of your life as well. For sure, The boundaries yeah. with your personal relationships, with how you feel about yourself. You know, I, I really, really learned to, to, st- to take stock. But yeah, the whole shift from, um, you know, how, how many hours I should be putting in, like what I should, that awful word should, what should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Yeah, yeah. And I, I always change the word to could. Could, yeah. Could you be doing that? Could be doing that? Yeah. That's how yeah. you should look at it. And as I was saying to you before that, before we started recording, um, you know, my, I, I went to see a, a, a professional coach who just made me stop. And the first thing she said to me was, "You have permission to do nothing." This is when I left my job at a tech company back in April because. She looked. She. I actually spoke to her yesterday, and she and we went had a little catch up. And she said, "You are an in, a totally different woman to the woman I met six months ago. Every your outlook is different. You have slowed down. You are more circumspect. You you're more. Because I, I said to her, I want to be more like this. And for the purposes of radio, that's more consistent. That mm. have that sort of constant red line thread that goes through your life. Mm. Because I was like this." sky high yeah, crashing yeah. down rock bottom 
constantly chasing fear. Every decision I made was a fear-based decision. Mm. Oh shit, I've got to do this because I'll lose my job and I won't be able to pay my rent and I won't yeah, be able to yeah. do this and then I'm never going to meet anyone and then this is going to... Oh my God. And, and you're... Catastrophizing. Yeah, your brain must yeah. be running away. Yeah. But um, yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, it was the change of... Um, physicality in terms of I was in my house and running a massive business from my house yeah, yeah. and remotely the travel pressures the pressure of uh, it was a big jump up you know I was commercial director which is still pretty senior to CMO yeah, is a yeah. big jump um, big big title big salary big expectations sure, yeah. different market tech never done, done it I yeah, was always yeah. considered the techie one in fashion or the techie <laughs> one wherever but I, I was just compared to them I wasn't yeah, a yeah, tech person yeah. um, so learning like a whole new language if you like yeah. um, it was a lot it was a lot it sounds like it, it sounds like but it was great it, and I, I'm so grateful for the for the opportunity yeah and, but when was your kind of flag to go actually I need to change this be- the behaviour and when do I need to the slow f- down or the flag was so I joined um, in the June I'm actually losing track of time now so um, I joined in the June I think it was or July the year before um and I think it it wasn't that long afterwards where mm. I was like, this is untenable to keep mm. to keep racing ahead at this pace. And then you then you fight with your inner demons, which is don't quit as a high achiever. Don't quit. Yeah, yeah. You can't give up. You yeah, can do yeah. this. You know, you just just one more push beyond this, and it will mm. be fine. And also, you're not used to working in a in a startup. You're not you're entrepreneurial, but you're not an entrepreneur. So you know. Give yourself a break it will be fine but i would say it was probably so july august september i would say by november october november i was i was frazzled mm. i was frazzled i don't i don't really remember a lot of that period other than traveling doing work i don't remember really seeing anyone or mm. doing anything that meaningful yeah yeah and then it was like it's always around my birthday's in on november the 5th so it's always around this time every year that i start to get you, you sort of reflect a bit on you know yeah, getting a bit sure. older and i guess it was that time so a few months into that job where i yeah. felt like that and come january i was very ready to make some changes mm. but i was so terrified about how i should do that and what that meant because you have those fears of, am I going to lose face? I've had this big career. What does it look like to everyone else? Yeah, and, and you shouldn't really care to what anyone well, else. I don't. Give it's, a yeah, shit it's, now. it's all, it's all to do what you think of yourself. But those they, thoughts and feelings manifest in when you're in that fear-based mentality. For sure. And unless, unless you take yourself out and slow down, you can't call those feelings out for what they are. Yeah, yeah. And that is what they are. It's, it's just about fear. stepping that back and go. Actually, why am I feeling it? Or why am I feeling? And isolating. And breaking it out into blocks of digestible pieces where you can go right that's because of that actually yeah yeah i'm just gonna put a pin in that and go make a cup of tea and chill the fuck out yeah yeah and now and now you have your own kind of company with the marketing and the uh, communications as well and so how did that kind of like did you so you took a break from the the, the old company and then you set you set up you set out your ideas and your goals and what you want your life to look like now and and how's that going for now so, um, as I said, I went to see this um, professional coach who's just been fantastic, a fantastic help to me. I wish I'd done it sooner in many ways, although I probably wasn't ready mentally to yeah, actually yeah. be open to to learning that much more. You know, yeah, I've been yeah. interested in spirituality and the universe and yeah, you know yeah. those sort of karmic things. Yeah. I have been for a long time, and I've studied that. And, personality tests in the I, th- I recommend everyone should get a life coach or like oh uh, or, or a therapist or that sort of thing someone you can just confine to and, and just chat with yeah. your life and work out things that you'll yeah. don't, you sometimes it's difficult to isolate what you're feeling or thinking yeah. and sometimes you see someone to go actually here's your problem right yeah. here this is what you should be doing or yeah. that sort of thing so because they're a really incredible blend of um, well, I don't know about this for every single person but certainly my my coach Kate she is, has the psychology background Mm-mm. and then she has the business coach background yeah so yeah. for me as a 
you know high achiever and for you as well it yeah. works so well because it's problem solving mm. which is what we're used to but it's problem solving you and me and mm-hmm. our and the things that have maybe held us back in certain ways mm-hmm. in our lives and it's like what well, it's like a secret club it's so far it's so weird it's like <laughs> oh okay yeah that's yeah. how i do it how, that's actually really straightforward and now i'm i feel so much better you know yeah sure um so she gave me so as I said to you before, the first thing she said to me was, if money was no object and ego was set, was no object mm-hmm. as well, don't worry about how it comes across or what people would think. What's your ideal week, working week? And I said, three days a week. And two those other times I'll be doing, I'll be helping people because that's come out quite a lot that mm. I really get a lot of pr- pleasure in helping, helping. people, yeah. whether that is um, on a pro bono sort of in a pro bono capacity with helping people who are just starting out that could use an hour of my time a week or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that they couldn't afford to do or wouldn't even know where to start so I am helping a few people out with that at the moment Um, to you know mentoring to going to an old people's home whatever it might be and also just connecting with people being seeing my family and friends and not just being super high or super low mm. just having some sort of constant in the middle and yeah, just yeah. feeling contentfulness fun. yeah exactly um, so I, yeah I said three days a week and all of those things and then um, you sort of you almost sort of think oh never that's you know that's greedy how could I possibly do that and she was like and she said to me okay so why aren't you doing that yeah um, and I was like uh, I, just, uh, I don't really <laughs> what <laughs> There is no reason. Yeah, we yeah. are the reasons. Yeah. that's not happening. You just got to do it yourself. And you she's like, like, and challenging that fear-based mentality of, and I'm like, well, I, how could I afford to pay for so and so? And she's like, well, you're really clever. You've got loads of contacts. You need to know your value because that's the other thing. Know yeah. your value. Mm. Your value sets sets you know the, the the marker. Yeah, yeah. Then you figure out how many days a week you, you need to work or what you need to do. And if you can't. If it means that you're going to earn less, then something you just get rid of that because you probably didn't need it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's so it so, sounds so stupidly straightforward, mm-hmm. but until you have someone telling you it's okay to start thinking about that kind mm, of stuff, yeah, you probably true. won't do it because yeah. we don't give ourselves a break. Um, so yeah, I, so that was six months ago, and that's what I'm doing now. There and I've you done go. it, and I can't. Some days I'm like. I've actually done it and I need to I'm still it's learning to get better at giving myself a high five Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm really bad at it well, I am I'm so terribly awful at going okay I've just done this this is amazing yes well done Jamie okay and I just go five minutes later I'm like what am I doing next what's the next thing what and, and then, then yeah and that's where our whole that I'm a strong believer in the fact that we our fear based thing is, is relates to time yeah and yeah. time that's so there's always time there's always time to I know do stuff. I know I know I'm totally opposite because I'm, I'm I'm very um different generation to you and I'm in the in the generation of like time is very short and still for me I'm like I'm still I'm early uh, uh, sorry um nearly on my uh, 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 early 30s mm-hmm. uh, sorry late 20s nearly mm. early 30s mm. and um for me it's it's I'm still trying to fathom this idea of you've got enough time because mm. I always think time is not enough well same that's how I've always felt yeah always, always. but you if, if we just stop if we stop thinking about the how and the when yeah that's, how am I going to do it and when's it going to happen yeah yeah how do you have a bit more faith I don't know if you ever read anything by Gabrielle Bernstein no I haven't. Uh, or listened to anything and she's she's been a really great help because mm. she's all she wrote a, a book which has become like a bible to me um, called the universe has your back, and it's about. I mean, it's a very it's faith led, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily about God, but or yeah, a yeah. man in a sc- in the sky. Yeah, you know, it's no, a, no, it's a higher power. Something else is yeah controlling controlling things, yeah. and if you tap into that, um, and relinquish some control of your life, and have some faith in your own abilities, and faith that it's it was something else is yeah. going to you're on the right path you're going in the right direction yeah, yeah. what you experience is what you're supposed to have yeah, if, yeah. You, if you have faith in that that whole concept of time and immediacy and it's got to be now it goes mm. so I still have that mm. I have to check myself but that particularly as I get older because I still feel like I'm 27 <laughs> and I'm desperately trying to hang on to that but also I'm like what is that it doesn't actually matter about how old I am that doesn't like I used to really worry, and I'm sure a lot of women have this thing as well. 
you know, I w- I've always felt pressure by wh- whomever outside influences mm-hmm. to have children and mm-hmm. get married and do a thing. And I have been married and it mm-hmm. didn't work out. Um, but and I love children. But I, I don't feel like I need to have a child to complete my life. Yeah. But I still love. And so I I'm, I'm being ga- sort of battling with that feeling of... I don't know if I want it yet and then people are like well you're running out of time and that was one of the first things that I would say to I said to my coach I was like I was almost like I couldn't catch my breath it's like there's two I'm running out of time and I've, I've got to have a kid and I've got and she's like why yeah why why you do, you, do you want them and I'm like I don't know I haven't figured it out and I'm 40 and at the time and I'm 40 so why I'm running out of time she was like well A you don't have to have kids B if you want to have kids you don't actually have to have physically give birth to be a mother yeah you, you can, can be a mother in so many other ways yes yeah. and I was like oh yeah and I actually I already am to my godchildren to my you know my friends kids yeah to, yeah um like, oh god I've actually got and There's when you when you realize that you actually already you've done it you're doing it yeah yeah Just don't worry about the next bit and the mm. how and the when mm. um I agree it, I speak this to a lot of women yeah, like even not, people that I'm like my best mm. friends and all that sort of thing because they're all mm. very High achievers, or the dancers, or the creatives, and that sort of thing. Mm. And it's the same, same, same um, conversation yeah. about time and about like my mother's highly religious, very, mm. very Christian. So there's a there's a big thing for me to have kids, and I'm like, I don't think I, I don't know if I want kids. Yeah. Maybe I want kids, but I, I, I never say that I'm definitely having them. Mm. And I think that's a really valid point. Or definitely point. not. Yeah, I just want I just want to have the option if to have them, and yeah. if I do, I do. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And yeah. I think if you don't listen to society, yeah, an extra person in your life is not going to complete you. Yeah. People complete you, like yeah. the connections of people and friends. Yeah. So if you have that. Why do yeah. you feel you need to have a child to yeah. complete you? Because you're completed by your friends and family, and yourself. Like and yourself. I'm. I'm, I'm I'm actually really proud of myself and what I've achieved mm-hmm. so far. And, you know, there's been some challenges that I've faced in my life with, you know, failed relationships or job issues or whatever it might yeah, have been. Yeah. And I've overcome those and it's made me a different person and a more calm and sort of, well, I don't know, circumspect, whatever the word is. Like mm. a more, I'm a better, more well-rounded person now. And yeah. I'm really proud of that. And if I was going to have a kid, then great. But if I don't, also great yeah that's how exactly how i feel as well i just want to have a happy life yeah and my i I want things to add to my life as well and this you know when you speak to your friends and they're like god i haven't slept for ages and my relationship's suffering with my partner and and i'm like i'm and i'm sure it's lovely yeah yeah yeah. it also sounds like a really big deal so Mm. i don't want to do it lightly yeah i'm doing it for the sake of it and Mm. my relationship with my partner is more more uh, valuable to me than adding something else in to yeah. try and tick another box for sure for not, sure it's just not a thing so who knows maybe i'll be like the world's first woman to have a baby naturally at 58 or something maybe <laughs> I don't maybe, know. maybe and so now with this kind of heightened uh, mindset and you know you're kind mm. of yourself a bit more and you're not kind of um thinking about all these kind of uh, pressures and that sort of thing how do you take the world around you like how does that inspire you when you meet new people and connect to them or go to museums or you see like nature and how does that affect you and your work and stuff god i don't even i don't know how to articulate that but i have noticed a real change in me in taking in sights and sounds and and being a bit more visceral about life you know um i've always really enjoyed anything creative and artistic so, but I never really made much time for that in my life, and I yeah, might occasionally yeah. go to a gallery or I might, whatever it might be. And now, I think in the last month, I've been to about six different galleries and museums and um, experiential things. And when I see things now, I I actually take it in, and I'm seeing it from a different perspective. And it is everything I do is far more mindful. The other thing that I have, I'm quite pleased with myself for doing is I was very aware that, um, and also the industry that I worked in, I've worked in fashion and media for quite a long time, which is quite cutthroat, it's dog eat dog. Yeah, yeah. It can be bitchy as well. so, yeah. It can be really bitchy. Um, 
and down on people, unkind to people. And I've done, I'm not actually an unkind person, but I have acted in unkind ways and said unkind things. And I realise now that when I've done that, it's been because I've been unhappy. You know, like a slagging lot, off people. Oh, or, a lot of time, it's it's literally never you. It's still a person because yeah. they're they're dealing with something, and it just yeah. happens that it's in your it's in your yeah. way or your. Exactly, so, it's their. Pe- my coach says. Uh, people transfer their pain onto you. It's true. So like I've been dealing with them, I have dealt with clients in the past too, you've been on a great, you've had a great relationship with them and then suddenly they're like being really unkind and and saying things to you that as if something terrible's happened and I used to take all of that very personally yeah. and try and fix it so that they liked me and did yeah. but actually, actually it's, it's just nothing to do with me it's to do with something else it's had a shit day and they've, they are really insecure and whatever so yeah. I'm much better at letting that go I'm much slower to jump to a conclusion that someone is an asshole yeah. or I've done something wrong or create that friction because I don't know I'm just a bit more mellow yeah just, I also is like, I always say about the when energy wasting you mm. should never like all these um, situations where you're trying so hard because the other person's been mean to you yeah. and actually the situation is that this person has had a really bad time with their family a friend or whatever and then you're wasting energy by trying to fix it when nothing's really broken it's just them doing their thing or when someone cuts you up on a, in a uh, yeah. I don't know motorway or whatever it is I mean just let them do their thing don't get stressed because it's just like it's set, if you believe in the law of attraction the universe yeah. and that sort of thing if you're sending out this negative stress into the universe, you're just sending out bad things. Why don't you yeah. just let it go? It's, they're having a bad day. Leave yeah. it, let it go. There's no point wasting your energy no, on that. Totally. Your energy is so precious and time yeah. is so precious. It's not short, but precious. Mm. That you actually should just be using your energy for good, not yeah. for actually stress or bad. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. And there's also an element in that which is your perception becomes reality right yeah it doesn't yeah. mean that it's true mm. it's true to you but like if someone's been rude to you or whatever and and you're like oh that's, that's because they're an asshole well then they become an asshole and you hate them and yeah, then yeah. they react like that to you and then yeah. everything becomes more difficult yeah whereas yeah. if you choose to perceive that in they're having a bad time i'll yeah. just let that go and i'll do and i'll let this one just play out yeah yeah it, it, that the reality is it's much more calm and you're and everything is better yeah you know yeah. you can you're it's a very powerful mind shift yeah yeah to change that because people because people can really sense even if like what from what you're just saying even if you think that this person is a bit of a a c word or Mm. whatever it is or a bit of an idiot and you try to then switch your brain to think they're not an idiot or whatever they can still feel that you've had this negative (laughs) this impact on you but actually if you go what you just said Mm. they've had a bad day and be very neutral and be Mm. very forthcoming and very Mm. positive with them They'll, they'll instantly still feel the positive yeah. kind of energy yeah. thing rather than thinking about the negative thing of yeah. like in that moment where they did annoy you or whatever yeah. that sort of thing so what, that's why I always do I'm like you know they were in a bad mood or whatever so I'm just going to still think of them as a positive person I'm just like I'm not going to cloud my judgment yeah. or my perception of them I'm just going to still keep yeah. it positive and then when I meet the next there won't be any sort of like energy weirdness because yeah. I, I, I don't know about you but as I got older I can still I feel energy really clearly. Yeah, me too. With people, and I. Uh, just... But I never used to know what that was until I started being more mindful. And yeah. Just, you know, reading all these books and everything. But I never understood what really what energy meant. But you'd meet someone and you instantly hate them and you don't know why. Yeah. And or not hate's a strong word. I mean. But you'd just be like it, you wouldn't feel find you're like yeah, tense, tense enough or you're saying things that you don't know why you're saying them. Yes. And and it's like quite inflammatory things or negative things mm. and I and yeah and that's energy but I never knew what that was before yeah yeah and Gabrielle Bernstein talks about raising your vibrations and that's obviously to do with your energy mm-hmm. so if your vibrations are raised by you know even giving positive affirmations to yourself in the mirror or mm-hmm. just stopping and recognizing your accomplishments and saying that you're enough and mm-hmm. all of that your vibrations run high and so then you end up meeting people with who are vibrating at that level as well for sure instead yeah. of you know you, you, i don't know if you've ever noticed when you're walking around if you're sort of head down and oh, everything's crap and whatever yeah more crap things come to you for sure because that's the law of attraction that's how, yeah. how it happens because everyone perceives what that thing and yeah. then and then that perception is reality yeah and it's it's amazing how just body language and all that sort of thing can affect it's, um there's lots of tools if anyone's listening 
I hope some people listen. <laughs> um, but there is um, lots of tools where if you can do in the morning and you do yeah. breathing exercises, you breathe in four times and breathe four times out. Mm. And in doing that, you release down and then on the up breath, you release out. And yeah. so you bring your chest up. And at the end, you hold for 15 seconds your chest up and your chin up. And that gives you the structure to bring your chest up and project outwards. And that allows you to go in your day to holding go holding yourself, yourself up because people really notice if you've got your chest down, your head down, they're going to think you're one in a bad place or yeah. negative and they're not going to respond so yeah. great. So they're going to think you're in a negative place and they're going to give you negative things because yeah. but if you're open and positive and, yeah. and smiley and showing light, they're also going to show you light yeah. because smiling actually gets you everywhere in life is that really small thing but if you smile at the world the smile the world will smile back at yeah, you. Yeah. how did you get into all of that spirituality oh. thing <laughs> um how did i get to it so i was very very i i had a breakdown when i was oh, really? 20 Two, twenty-three. Wow, that's young. Yeah, I, I workaholic. I was, I mean, I was really, really bad. I used to work Monday to su- Sunday. We did emails until two a.m. in the morning. Work on a Sunday. I was just crazy, and I was doing multiple jobs at the same time. Fly around, and it actually happened. I was doing when I was working in theatre. Um, I was doing a job in Bali. No, sorry, um, not Bali. Um, uh, Singapore, and then I, well, I was meant to go to Bali afterwards, but I had to come back to a job in um, London and I had and I also had some commercial work going on at the same time so I was like like juggling all these different shows and I basically got I was with my assistant at the time in the studio and I just basically had a moment where I just looked at the screen for 30 seconds and I just couldn't think of anything oh, and I was just I started crying because I was like you know when when you are a creative person you can't create you just panic and you're like oh my god why why can't i think i was like nothing yeah. came it was like basically running an empty and then next day i was in hospital because my i had a i had i started coughing up coughing up blood and nose bleed and that sort of thing and i just thought i was having a heart like heart problem and it actually was i was just stressed and over overdone my housemates called an ambulance i went to hospital and they were like it's not it's nothing serious you just overworked and then from that onwards i started to cut down on my coffee because I was on five cups of coffee a day. Yeah, I mean, I did that. It's amazing what just doing that Man. does. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. And then my friend was like, stick to green tea. And then I started like, I started like just reading books and like... Stopping. Yeah. And stopping with the technology and yeah. getting out. I just used to go for walks around the block yeah. or go to the park. I realised in that moment that I that nature was really important really to important. me. And at the time I was living in Richmond, so I was very, very, uh, and I, but I never used it. I never used Richmond. I didn't use the, the beautiful sites. And so I made sure that every Sunday for probably like a year, two years, I would always have off. And I'd have that day just myself, just to walk around, mm. have a tea. And that would be my ritual thing for like a year, two years. And within that, I'd start researching and writing about my thoughts and feelings and that sort of thing. And then someone said, oh, but law, law of attraction, the secret. So what's a secret? So that was my first way in the secret. Yeah. And then from then was I was like, oh my god, energy. Because I always felt energy, yeah. but obviously like same for you, I didn't yeah. know what it was. And then you just kind of like start researching more, and you realise actually my, my my anxiety and like all these certain negative thoughts would just go away, or you'd yeah. learn how to control these thoughts. Yeah. Because um, or just Gio- diffuse them. Yeah, yeah. because Geoff, who who recently was on the uh, podcast, um, he said this great thing. He says you've got your mind, which is like very set in its ways, and it's, mm. and you have thoughts, which come in now and mm. now and then, and thoughts are things that are can stick or mm. they pass by mm. and it's your job for your mind to realize what sticks and what goes yeah, yeah. and having tools to go because a lot of people when they get their downward spiral spiral mm. they don't have a strong enough mind to know to swipe away that yeah. negative thought because it's just it's just bouncing on a wall and whatever sticks sticks yeah. um and so these these books helped me to have tools to be able to get rid of those when i get that um thought it doesn't stick on a wall. It just bounces back yeah. and goes somewhere else. And so, obviously, there's days everyone gets them where you give it down. But then I also have the tools to go, you know, knowing how to get myself out of that. Whether I'm looking at a visualization board, or I go through thank you emails, or 
I just go out and have a walk and yeah. see things or I have a little chocolate cake because I like chocolate cakes makes, makes me feel better and I think that's what especially with this podcast I want people to understand everyone else's tools and how yeah. they get through kind of their daily life and how yeah. they have their mindset I think that I bang on about this all the time and anyone that knows me will <laughs> be rolling their eyes right now the thing I really believe that in order to feel better we have to understand ourselves and oh, our personalities sure, yeah. and it yeah. sounds a bit stupid to say that but or obvious but it's quite a frightening thing for a lot of people to do and I have friends and family members who just can't even they don't really want to pull at that thread do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. um, but for me this journey all sort of started um, when my marriage was breaking down a couple of years ago and mm. I felt really shit and mm. you know in a relationship when everyone's blaming the other person each one each uh, yeah, is blaming sure. the other person and then you start to think is it me like what what am I doing like mm. I actually want to learn more I want to know mm. I know I'm a strong character I know I'm outgoing and but that are not negative things mm. but how is that impacting on other people if they are a very shy introvert person for example yeah, they, yeah like yeah. they won't see it in the positive way that it was meaning to for come sure, across yeah. so maybe rather than tone it down at least just understand how it makes people feel so a friend of mine who was going through some, some therapy at the time recommended something called the Enneagram test. The Enneagram test? Enneagram. Okay. Um, and uh, I think the the official test is called the RETI test, R-H-E-T-I, I think mm-hmm. that's it. Um, and it's on the Enneagram.com, I think. It is... It's life changing. It's abs- well. It was. It was for me. And, w- so and what is it? It's a personality test, like a Myers Briggs, I suppose. You know. Right. Okay. Um, there's another one. I've forgotten the name of it. Um, you know, like a sort of aptitude test, maybe. But it's it's A and B questions. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, would you say you're more like this or more like that? It's those sorts of questions all the way through. It's like 45 minutes it takes uh-huh. to do it, and you're going through it and you think, well, how's this going to possibly? This is like a quiz in Cosmopolitan or something yeah, like yeah, what yeah, is this sure. what it spits out at the end if you have the willingness to delve deeper and yeah, the yeah. commitment to change yeah, yeah. It, it will change everything because it gives you um, a score so there's nine character types basically one to, one to nine although not in any order of better or worse or whatever and it w- it says that the top your top three scores or the, the three t- personality types with the highest scores you will be one of them um, and in that you know, each of those is detailed really really heavily on, on, on what that personality kind of does what they respond to how they interact with things so I did that and it came out with eight se- eight and seven were the same but actually I know I'm an eight because I read through all of them and then two so eight is Called the leader or the challenger, so high achiever, outgoing, can be very uplifting and championing people, which is me. But then it also tells you, all through the healthy and unhealthy levels, how your personality can deteriorate to the point where you can be mad or you know like yeah, a really yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, so there's a really great extreme and there's a terrible extreme. Uh-huh. And understanding each of those levels and being honest, yeah, I do do that, or yeah, and that does happen. It helps you to identify in your daily life when you're. I feel I'm super. Oh, I'm super happy today. Oh, and that's because. And now I'm going to start helping people because that's the, my personality trait. Whereas if you start to go down and, oh, why can't anything be, you know, work in my favour? You're like, oh, okay, that it's to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Again, it sounds really overly simplified, but seeing things, seeing something written down, particularly if you've had challenges with you know depression or burnout or whatever yeah yeah because a lot of that we're putting those feelings onto ourselves and we're blaming ourselves for something but if mm. you actually look into these personality types and you, you can see okay well actually i am a, i am a decent person and i can do these things and this is where i find the areas of challenge in my life and this is what makes me thrive yeah you can address each of those accordingly for sure, it's just yeah. like gives you amazing tools so i would and where can that. you get where can you get this done then the test? So you just do it online. Oh, you just do it online. Yeah, and okay. I think you have to pay like twelve dollars to do it. So it looks feels like it's a bit dodgy, but it yeah, isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then I actually bought um, the personality types book. So when you when it spits out the answers to your test, it gives you uh, as like a summary of each of those character types, which are really informative. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to go turbo on it, like I did, you buy the book, and then I was just in. Ah. And it also it explains 
it's really beneficial if you're with somebody maybe even if you're not having challenges but if you are it's you know it is helpful with your partner you could get them to do it as well mm-hmm. and, it, and it tells you the things that are going to be challenges for those two ch- personality types together yeah, yeah. so if you're a four and you're a seven you know well seven's really you know hedonistic and four likes to hide or I don't yeah, know just made yeah, that up but, yeah. but so where how do you meet in the middle and how do you understand each other better yeah, yeah. I just I, I can't I can't tell anyone enough how amazing it yeah. is and what how it changed me. I think what I think what a lot of people forget to understand is is personality types and like what how people tick and yeah. how people um, gel with other people. Yeah. I think I as I've got as I've got older, I've, I'm really I'm really more aware now from dating so many different people and going and really isolating, going well that person was like this and this is why this didn't work. Yeah. And now going, oh, and I see a lot of traits now when I'm dating. I go, oh, that, that, I, I remember that trait. Or that trait looks really well with my personality yeah, yeah. trait. And I understand we have a very similar value system. Yeah. So I think more people who did this kind of personality test would understand much yeah. more about how they operate and what they also need to complete themselves yeah. in terms of like how they align with other people. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I do it. Sign up to it. Do it. I should Sign be on some to... sort of commission from there. Actually, you should get a finder's fee. <laughs> I should. Finder's fee. And so, just just to kind of round up, like, how do you kind of see the future in terms of yourself? Do you want? Do you do you see yourself staying in London? Do you see yourself going anywhere else? Or um, I always used to sort of harbour this because um, I grew up in the countryside, but both my parents are Londoners. Yeah. So I'm like a perfect blend of the two contradictions yeah 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 um, but I love being I'm a water sign don't know if you're into that as well but I am um, I I'm think into, I'm an air sign I think I'm, a, I'm air oh are you yeah, yeah I'm, I'm water and I, I love being by water yeah so I've always wanted to live by the sea I lived in Formentera for three years which is okay. fantastic um, but yeah I want to live my sort of ideal would be a flat by the sea in my main place in London or, or the other way around, actually, and have have some sort of connection yeah, to the two. Yeah. Um, I love London. I don't need to be in quite so immersed in it as yeah. I have been for 20 years, because it's been 20 years. It's a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I still love it, and I'm, I'm big into food and design and culture, so I have to be some in some sort of grasp of it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, my the business that I've set up at the moment is I've learned from my coach and from other people that not to put too much pressure on myself to see where it goes mm-hmm. in terms of I'm definitely these things and this is my product offering. Yeah. I actually, interior design is my passion. Being creative, design, styling, that kind of stuff is my, it's my passion. And I, and I hope to be able to include that into my business model cool. by the certain, certain clients that I work with. I found recently talking to a client who um, is setting up a private members club and there'll be a and I'm helping them with their marketing but on the top floor there's a penthouse apartment which her, we're both going to do the interiors for it oh, so that's like I'm doing the two yeah, sorts yeah, two of things. things so yeah I won't be in London all the time I'll be out of it I will be doing more creative projects cool. for sure and I will generally be chilling the F out <laughs> I think that's a really great one to finish on I think everyone should chill the F out a bit more because life is very very much a roller coaster and yeah. we just need to like chill the F out sometimes yeah. chill, hashtag chill the F out hashtag chill the F out so thank you so much Zoe thank, thank you. you so much for your time um, I know that everyone is going to be coming away with lots of goodie bags of thoughts so great I thank, can't wait thank you so much thank you This is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal. Please subscribe to our listings every two weeks on a Sunday. We are on all social media platforms. Please, please subscribe if you really enjoy our 360 chats. You can also find us on Instagram at 360-yourself and also for our host, that's me, Jamie Neal JN. Thank you so much for listening.